Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday, draft day morning. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Wolf. What's up? Resolution draw nigh, does it not, Luke Lipinski? Boy, you would hope so, right? We're sitting here wondering, hey, what are the Cardinals going to do with this? Are they going to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Are they going to trade the pick? Uh, something has to happen tonight because they're going to be on the clock in about seven and a half hours. You know, it's one of the hardest things for me to get on top of base earnings because all the speculation, I, I, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. Anybody that has listened to me, you know that I like hard facts, something to work off of something that you can actually analyze and all the speculation that is swirling around the NFL draft, of course, and we've been talking about it for months now leading up to it. Um, I can't wait. We're going to get some clarity. We're going to get some resolution. The first round of the NFL draft, it starts today, of course. It, it's, it's wildly exciting, invigorating on one hand, and at the same time, as we all know, everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. I can't myself, personally, I can't get jacked up over a rookie that is going to come in, no matter who the Arizona Cardinals draft, that these rookies are going to come in and suddenly change anything. I've seen way too many guys who just can't play. Unless you're Will Anderson. (laughs) Then I've got got a problem. Well, yeah, we're going to get some resolution on that, too. You know... Let me just do this. Let me just make this one simple ask, okay? okay. I don't ask for much. Yeah. You know, just the Suns to win the title this year. And okay. I yeah. wanted them to go through Golden State and Milwaukee. We'll get to that. Pretty can we, reasonable. Can we just not have Will Anderson go to Seattle? Can I just ask for that? Yeah. Can I just... No Will no Anderson way. to Seattle. Can we just... Just give me that. No, okay? I, I think you can. You're you're in your right All to right. ask. Don't let him go to Seattle, your former city, of course. Well, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> ask anybody I grew up with how much. I like. I, you know what, Mel? We need more of this, right? <laughs> As a matter <laughs> of fact, just song. constantly, whenever Luke starts. You lost a bunch of games. <laughs> Are you, are you guys Seahawks. not on board with this? Do you want Will Anderson to the Seahawks? That's I think that's me setting the bar incredibly low, but just I'm going to make that one ask. If we come back here tomorrow and Will Anderson's on the Seahawks, you're probably doing the show by yourself. Yeah, um, Driving again, and everything. Will Anderson, even with Will Anderson, what I was saying formerly, ladies and gentlemen, about these rookies and how many guys were going to come in, they were going to change the game of football, except they just couldn't play. you got to prove it. It's one of the things I love the most about the National Football League. In the nature of the National Football League, it is truly a meritocracy. It is. You have to come in, and anything you get, you have to earn. And the only way to earn it is for you to go out and prove it. So, yes, rookies, this is an important day for any organization. It's big. Yet, at the same time, I I try to temper my enthusiasm because I've seen way too many guys come in that just couldn't play. Yeah, I don't temper my enthusiasm, but it's, it's it's not because I think that that these guys that are going to get drafted are suddenly going to be amazing. For me specifically this year, Wolf, it's more this is our first real opportunity to see how Monty Austin Fort thinks. Love that. 
free agency was in in terms of trying to learn about Monty Austin Ford, it was a total waste because they're just going out and signing one year guys. That that tells me nothing about Monty Austin Ford. He didn't get the job to come in here and sign one year guys every year. So the draft starting tonight, specifically in the first round, who are you taking at number three? Are you going to trade that pick for more picks? Can you trade that pick for more picks? Uh, how do you navigate that? I mean, here we are on the day of the draft. They're still sitting at three. So if you're going to trade it, you're going to be trading it in crunch time with pressure all around you now. So how does he navigate all that? We start to get some answers on Monty Austin Fort today. Yeah, I know. This is great. And not only that, too, what I love about this with, with each draft pick that the Arizona Cardinals make, we're going to be able to read a little bit into Monty Austin Fort yeah. and what it is that he covets, what it is that he likes, what is his precious. We're going to be able to read right into this based on the DNA Metaphorically speaking, of course, of those that he picks, who are these guys like? What is their nature? What is their mentality? Are they are they a lot of offensive linemen and defensive linemen on the line of scrimmage? Are they need corner as well, wide receiver? What what are they like as football players? It says a little bit about Monty Austin for. Right, I have another ask. Okay, this one might be a little more difficult. If you're going to take Paris Johnson, can you trade down to take Paris Johnson, please? Yeah, it takes two. Never forget. Uh, well, it takes two to do it. Well, like like if, so, if somebody's giving you um, draft capital, that isn't worth the third pick overall. What are you going to do? Well, okay, so that's an interesting what if you thought. Have, what if you have Paris Johnson rated as the number one player on your board? What if you did? What if you said but this I don't, guy? And I, I doubt that they yeah, do. I, 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 well, have you seen the movie Draft Day? I have. Vontae Mack. That's, that's, Without question. That's, yeah. yeah. That movie left. <laughs> it was an interesting movie. Yeah. There's a lot of pick trading. Very realistic. Yeah. Not, uh, Here, here's, well, uh, here's what I want to say about you talk this, Space Onions. I want to say this clearly right now, and I want everybody to hear me loud and understand. Yes, I would love to move down and still get a guy that you love. Absolutely. But if you are a professional general manager, if this is what you get paid Millions of dollars to do. And you've got a staff that you're paying as well hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually do their job. And they say, that guy's the best tackle to come out of college in the last decade. Okay, but but hold on, because the scenario you just threw out there, if somebody's no. not giving you equal value for three, yeah. but you could still trade down and get Paris Johnson, would you take it? Or would you be like, no, you're not giving me equal value. I'd rather just sit here. Yeah, no, um, you're giving me uh, draft picks that isn't worth you coming up here. And I don't know he's going to be there at number seven because I don't know if another team feels exactly the same way. But if you about felt Paris. if you felt confident he was going to be there. Yeah, um you know, it, it's going to be tough. Would I try to trade down? Yes, as long as I'm getting equal value for you moving up. Yes. I'm not going to I'm not going to ask for that third round supplemental pick. I'm not going to ask for that. I'm not going to ask for a fifth round pick and have that hold up my my moving back. I'm not going to, that's not what I'm talking about, Luke. I'm talking about looking at it and saying somebody's giving you, uh, I don't know, two fourth round picks, one this year, the next year to actually move up there. No, I'm not doing it. 
So what if it's okay? I see what you're saying. I'm just trying to figure out like if it were the Colts. If the Colts are giving me an offer that I know probably isn't fair, but it's better than anything else, and I still get the, the guy Colts I want. Changes everything. Well, okay, you mentioned the change. <laughs> you did. You were talking about moving back to eleven seven. I just said moving back. I okay. didn't say where. Okay, good. You're talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Now that changes everything, doesn't it, Ryan Kelly? <laughs> Wolf wants Ryan Kelly. Is I, I that your number one wish list? You want Ryan Kelly out of this draft? This guy right now, the center for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, he's he's kind of um, that light bulb has been a little dull as of late, and because of that, I think there's a real possibility they could actually work him into a draft day, uh, draft day trade. We'll see what happens. Would you say they need a center? Yeah, uh, yeah, they would need a center more, more than right almost there. anything. So I'd be really, really jacked up if that were the case. Uh, here's Adam Schefter real quick. Said it's not going to necessarily be easy for Arizona to trade that pick. The Cardinals would love to trade out of that spot. Mm-hmm. They're open to moving that pick. The issue is... Who's going to trade up to number three when you've got to guarantee the third overall player selected $22 million? Got to believe in that guy. And I think you're going to have to want to see that there's a quarterback there. So I think teams wouldn't trade up until they see that Houston is not taking a quarterback. We might have to wait until the Cardinals are on the clock Thursday night before we see action. And even then we might not see action and they might be stuck. And I wouldn't dismiss the idea that Arizona could wind up taking a surprise there, potentially even an offensive tackle like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. (laughs) Okay, this gets me all jacked up and fired up because honestly, right now, that's what I'm talking about. You don't know. This is going to come down to the Arizona Cardinals being on the clock, ladies and gentlemen. This is the best thing about it. Number two is the fulcrum of this first round. The Houston Texans, number two. When they go ahead and they make their pick after that, we're going to have clarity as to what is going to happen, I believe, with the Arizona Cardinals. There's a lot of different options. We're going to get into all of them over the course of the show. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, are heading to State Farm Stadium with special guest, The Strokes, May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When we come back, how about this wrinkle to tonight's draft as well? Is DeAndre Hopkins still going to be on the Cardinals by the end of tonight? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to know who my representing in here tonight. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. How can I explain myself? You said you can't go All right, this is what we got coming up for you on the show today, Wolf, among other things. Yeah. Uh, Paul Calvisi is going to join us shortly. Tyler Drake, our own Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter, is in Kansas City for the draft. He'll join us. Okay. Uh, Dave Pash is going to join us. Bill Bottle. We're going to do our own mock draft on the show of the top 10 picks in the draft. No trades. Okay. No trades. You can't trade up as the Colts. Hey, that's going to be great. The Wolf and Luke mock it up. Oh, I like that. Look at that. The mock came up with that name. Okay. Uh, we're going to do some, uh, some prop bets, too. We're going to get the freak show coming. we got a lot going on. And we're yeah. going to talk Suns, too, and the um, startling development in the NBA last night. But right here, we're going to discuss the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins being traded. Now, you may say to yourself, Luke, I think I've heard you guys discuss that possibility before. You have, because we've been doing it for two months. And I'm assuming something's going to happen today, right? Yeah. 
No, honestly, right now, Luca, I, I think it's a safe assumption to say that uh, there is going to be some type of news that comes down about DeAndre Hopkins, and I would imagine it's going to be today. If the draft actually starts and we don't hear anything, I'm going to be a little nervous on that one. Can I just say that right now? If it actually starts, bank, and we don't hear anything on that, um, now all of a sudden I've got some concerns. Okay, yes, the draft is still going on, but you don't want to be making a deal like that while the draft is going on, in my opinion. Well, because they have a bigger trade to potentially be making tonight. And exactly. I, I don't want them fielding calls while they're on the clock and teams are like, hey, what about DeAndre Hopkins for the 63rd pick? Like, yeah, d- hold on for a second. Yeah. We got to figure out what we're doing with the third pick. And for all I know, Monty Austin for it may, no, I want to, that's fine. I can do both of that. I can, I can make that big trade and I can go ahead and I can say, we're going to trade D-Hop in the middle of the draft as well. I mean, I'm sure he can, but I, I would kind of like... Maybe you combine both of them together, as a matter of fact, in the same deal. But to me, I'd like clarity if I were him. If you're going to trade him, and it sure sounds like they're going to trade him, and it sure sounds like he wants to be traded, if you're going to do that, I would like to get a pick in this year's draft, not next year's draft. I, so I would like the pick in this year's draft, and I'd kind of like to know... What picks I have before I'm on the clock for the third pick? You know, then what am I? Am I keeping the third pick? Am I trading that pick? It'd be nice to know. Oh, by the way, we already have an additional second round pick. It's not, it's not like necessary, but I just think to your point, maybe right. some clarity on, on at least that front going into the draft because that's not the priority tonight for me. But it also does feel like if it's going to get done, it's going to get done here tonight or, or maybe tomorrow. Here's Pac-Man Jones on the Pat McAfee show saying. Um, he believes DeAndre Hopkins will be traded this week. D-Hop has not been traded yet. Nope. He, will, yet. Be, he will be rumors. My sources says, says so. Uh, Real soon. Uh, Real soon. What? Real soon. Strong possibility. Strong. Strong like possibility. Like, like draft? Yes, like this week. Like tomorrow? Like Thursday. Okay. My sources says. 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 The okay, way there it is, the sources. Pac Man, it's West Virginia. It's West Virginia, the bride of every. Okay. Every time he says um, sources, it sounds like he's pretending he doesn't have a source. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I think he does. There's something um, where I think he does. I think he has one very specific and important source, <laughs> is what I think. But I think, right. it's a, I think it's maybe the most important source. But it makes perfect sense. It does. This would be it. So you, we, we talk about it all year long. The pressure point that is the NFL draft. It is here, Basinonians. It is here today. And this is it. This is the pressure point that makes the DeAndre Hopkins trade happens. That's what I think. And it happens today. Uh, more from Pac-Man Jones on with Pat McAfee. My sources okay. uh, wow. just hit me and said... Uh, Bills and KC, um, my sources said. Source says. Yeah. That something might happen tomorrow. Well, something definitely going to happen tomorrow, uh, tonight or tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, that's. Tonight or tomorrow. So that was. That was, that was yesterday. 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 So that means something's so, definitely going to happen last night or today. Since it right didn't happen there. last night, it's definitely going to happen today. Okay. There it is, Luke. See, you know, I mean. <laughs> It make it, well, of course. Why am I? Why am I getting so jacked I up? You know, I mean, I, I'm the guy that's saying, of course, it's going to happen. Well, the other thing is, like, this is not. This is not. Hey, maybe the Suns are going to trade for Kevin Durant. This is. <laughs> hey, maybe the Cardinals are going to trade away their best receiver. 
but it's inevitable. So I, so it's hard for me to get excited about it. Yeah. But I do want to see what they get back for it because yeah. they need the picks at this point. I think it's going to be underwhelming. I think it is. And so much of that is because of D-Hop himself. You know, I, I, I love watching D-Hop play. I really do. I appreciate the way he goes about his business on the field, on game day. Um, yet the week of preparation, he's got to change that approach. I believe that. I think that's factoring into it with a lot of these teams as well. They're probably talking to him about that as well. Not just his contract, not just what they're going to negotiate, but also how are you going to prepare throughout the week? I think that's something that has been slowing this process up as well. Well, and teams know that it's not a secret that the Cardinals are looking to trade him. It's not a secret that he's looking to be traded. You know, I think everybody has handled it pretty professionally. It hasn't gotten like ugly, but it's also not a secret. So other teams are like, you're not going to keep him. So we'll we'll get to you. Maybe we'll float you a third round pick if we don't get who we want in the first two rounds of the draft or something. That's, well, that's good. That's working against the Cardinals. Andy, I'm so happy to hear you say that because <laughs> it's so funny. I was just talking to the Buffalo Bills. And they're going to give us that third-round pick. Well, then there you go. Andy. Andy's got the 63rd pick in the draft. Well, he doesn't pick again till he doesn't pick again for a while. So if the Chiefs want uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I would assume it has to be that pick, right? Because they don't even have a third-round pick. <laughs> Buffalo, no, they do. They have the 95th pick in the draft, too. So... I don't want the 95th pick in the draft. Sold yeah, at this point in time, I know. I, I know. I wanted that second round pick as well. But you'd really have the market cornered because the Cardinals already have the 96th pick, so you'd have 95 and 96 locked down. So anybody that has a prospect in the top 96 thinks going to slip past the Cardinals in the Can third round is not going to happen. I, whenever a team's got that, I always thought to myself, you know, why? Why did they take the the guy at number 95 yeah. before the guy 96? <laughs> right? Why? Why not vice versa? <laughs> Why would you do that? There's got to be so a reason, Can we right? read anything into that? You're taking 90. You took me at 95, the next guy at 96. I don't know. But here's the one thing I do want to say, Basin Onions, about this. You never forget where you were drafted and what your draft number is. I was going to say, is. what's your it's number like, again? How many players are you going to look looking at in the draft this weekend and being like, yes. oh, that was after me? That was after me. Oh, and it's one of the best things in the world. I was taking 104 overall, Basin Onions. 104, just a, okay. That's just a, a teary-eyed spot. kid out of Morgan. Town, West Virginia, <laughs> right? 104 overall. And everybody from 105 and beyond <laughs> can just <laughs> go fish. Well, if you were in this year's draft, you'd be a proud member of the Houston Texans picking 104 overall. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Wow. Think about that. Playing okay. for D'Amico Ryans. That's going to be a player right there. 104. <laughs> We gotta have something for like the Wolfley special. Whoever it's goes one hundred and four overall. Honestly, you ask that all the time of a guy. You meet a guy, and you hey, well, when we were drafted, oh, one hundred and seventy. Oh, I'm maybe better luck next time. You know. <laughs> so how does that work when you meet Tom Brady and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was drafted below one hundred and four. <laughs> And he had a what pretty good career. What was his number, by the way? Does anyone recall what his draft number was? It was something ridiculous, obviously, in the sixth round. But um, I don't have that number. One hundred ninety ninth. Wow. Yeah. Can we read into that at all? The 199. (laughs) Without knowing who went 200 that year, I'm going to guess Brady was better. Isn't there a song about the 199 bears on the wall or what? No, it it wasn't that. No. (laughs) Okay, look. First of all, that song can have any number. (laughs) It's not number specific. This is going to be, I, I have to tell you this story, Basinonians, before we, we um, end this beautiful part of the program here, Luke. Um, at 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up this morning and I said, what? 
What the? Why didn't the alarm go off? I literally woke up hmm. in in a panic that I had missed draft day morning. <laughs> okay, you, I, I can you imagine that? Where I got up and I was so shocked, and yet I slept better than I've slept in a long time based on Ernie and it's because I was exhausted and am exhausted right now. This is great. I love this. This is almost like Navy SEAL broadcasting <laughs> where you're absolutely exhausted, right? And yet here you are, you're just broadcasting. Just wait till tonight. I, I cannot wait for that. That's going to be hold on to your butt, Luke. So two things. One, the last two times you, you said that you woke up early. And yes. you gave a specific time. Devin Booker had 44 points and 47 points. That's right. And unfortunately, they're not That's playing right. tonight. Uh, secondly, Maloney just told me that, are you aware that you were drafted ahead of Herschel Walker in the same draft? <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute, what? Herschel Walker went 114th overall. How is that possible? Didn't because, Herschel Walker... Yeah, because... The Cowboys passed on you. Yeah. And went with Herschel instead. Okay, okay wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I guess not really. No, you no. were drafted before. I was yeah, drafted They didn't before. have the option. That was because they drafted him for his rights, correct? Because he was playing in the USFL. It has to be something like that. Because the yes. guy was like a one of the best college players of all so time. I'm so glad you told me that. No, I'm, I'm so glad because if I ever meet Hirsch, immediately regret that. you better believe, hey, Hirsch, 114, huh? <laughs> 104. How you doing? Better luck next time. <laughs> next time you get drafted. I think he's been drafted multiple times. Trump card. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back. Paul Calvisi is going to join us. Paulie. <laughs> what, what does Paul Calvisi believe the Cardinals are going to do in the first round of the draft? We'll ask the Cardinals sideline reporter next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ciao. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. We're going to get back. We're going to get into Phoenix Suns in a little bit, but uh, we got the draft round one tonight. A lot on the line for the Cardinals and Paul Calvisi, Cardinal sideline reporter, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Polly, what is going on? Gentlemen, recently I had to buy a used car for the 16-year-old punk, right? <laughs> okay. Here's my analogy. Follow me on this one. Buying a used car is sort of like making an NFL draft pick. Okay. You can do all the research you want. <laughs> you can test drive it. You can try and interview the owner, right, the seller. You know, do I believe this guy? Do I not believe this guy? I, I think I've done all my homework. It looks good. It drives well. You never truly know when you ultimately have to put down the cash, right? You never truly know. It's always eventually, ultimately, a leap of faith. That's my analogy. Tonight is like buying a used car when you go out there and invest in a draft pick. <laughs> I love it, Paulie. It really is. Okay, my brother, I know that we've been talking an awful lot about this, but what do you think, Paul? I mean, right now, your gut instinct what do you think's going to happen when the Cardinals are on the clock at number three? There's too much noise about trading out, trading down. The Diana Rossini report. Uh, less than a half hour ago, I heard Tom Pellicero on the NFL Network say, and I'm loosely quoting, that an NFL GM told Pellicero that the Cardinals have called him personally five times to see if they want to trade up so the Cardinals can trade out. 
So based on that, I think it's just a matter of how far down do the Cardinals trade out. And I'll be honest with you, yesterday we were watching the voluntary veteran minicamp, and it was reinforced how many needs the Cardinals have. I mean, guys, you're watching the edge rushers, including now Zayvon Collins, which might be out of necessity. They moved him to outside linebacker. Would you say the Cardinals need an edge rusher? Would you say the Cardinals need a defensive tackle or three? Would you say the Cardinals need a cornerback, a number one cornerback? Would you say the Cardinals need help on the offensive line, center in particular, right? You could argue they need a receiver and even running back depth, future RB1, depending on what James Conner's future is after this year. So because there are so many needs at this very moment, I think that equates to more picks and the Cardinals desire to trade out. At least that's my expectation at this point. Talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulia, I'll stick with your used car analogy then. What sort of uh, trade-in value do the Cardinals have with that third pick? Because it sounds like you're right. They definitely seem to want to trade down. But what's the, the sort of return they're getting from other teams that might be desperate for a quarterback? And you hope they're desperate, right, Luke? I mean, I'll go back to two months ago when we started this whole process. My marketing mantra was AZ needs three. We need three quarterbacks at least. Now, if Will Anderson goes number two, okay, all the better. Then you know what? Uh, I do expect someone to come up and pay dearly for C.J. Stroud at at number three. If Stroud is off the board and I'm still not buying Houston, I I just think Houston is so cheesed off that they didn't get Bryce Young. They didn't get the number one overall pick. They decided to mess with 31 other teams in this draft, right? (laughs) I still believe Houston's going quarterback at number two. But if they don't and C.J. Stroud is there, I think that benefits the Cardinals in terms of a massive trade package. Whether it's the Raiders, who, according to reports, had serious advanced discussions with the Bears about that number one pick before Carolina came up, threw in D.J. Moore and finalized that deal. I think there are a number of teams below the Cardinals all the way down to Tennessee and maybe even Houston at 12 that, yeah, they would be desperate. And you hope that's the word to come up to number three. And, and look, if someone's going to come from 11 or 12, at least the Cardinals can use as precedent most recently what the Niners gave up to get Trey Lance. And that was a pick swap and then two future first rounders. Okay, Paulie, so I'm not asking your expectation right now. What I'm asking for is what do you hope happens, Paul? What, what do you hope to see? What's the best case scenario you could see for the Cardinals at number three? You go down to the near the bottom of the top 10, whether it's the Raiders at seven, where it's Atlanta at eight. I think maybe even, believe it or not, a Philadelphia who, who sees their window as right now, if Philadelphia says, you know what, we need ourselves Jalen Carter after we lost Hargrave to the 49ers, and we're going to pair him up with Jordan Davis, I think that's a sleeper. So you go somewhere in that range, you get either the offensive lineman, and there are two or three legit top 15 tackles in this draft, yeah. not just Paris Johnson, but there are others, whether it's a, the defensive lineman you desperately need, minus J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, and then you maximize those picks. If you can get a, a top of round two, even if you don't get the first rounder, if you get a top of round two this year, and plus a top of round three, guys, the cornerback class is so deep. You could get a starting corner a top round two, that starting D lineman, offensive lineman. And I think a sleeper in round three is a tight end. For this team, it's so deep in tight end this year 
that and if you're looking at the long term view of this and you know you got a two or three year reset on this roster, I could see him going tight end even on day number two of this draft. Uh, we're talking to Paul Calvisi. Polly, just I'm assuming you already know, but if the Cardinals somehow end up with Darnell Washington, Wolf's going to lose his mind. So just be prepared for that, right? See, I watched Darnell Washington, and I never hesitate a chance to disagree with Wolf. Luke. You know that, okay? Yeah, right. Somebody's got to hold him accountable around here. I-, I see a big dude. He looks great, but man, he's not very fluid, is he? Isn't no, he awful not. stiff? Yes. And doesn't he fight the football? Yes, he does, Paulie. And that's what's great about it is he's really, really stiff at the point of attack, if you know what I mean. Like, he jacks you and moves you off the line. I, Paul, he's the best blocking tight end I've seen coming out of college in, oh, I don't know, ever. That's a long okay. time. So, 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 so what sort of pick do you attach to a blocking tight end, Wolf? Yes. I mean, at, yes. best, at best, that's round three or four. Paul, you know what? Honestly, he's like Max Williams, a bigger version of Max Williams. Max Williams, of course, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league before he got hurt. And how much impact did Max Williams actually have on the Arizona Cardinals in their offense when he was healthy, Paul? I get it. I get it. And Jonathan Gannon, when he was first tired, was on the record as saying we're going to live in 11 and 12 and maybe even 13 personnel. So that's why I think it's a sleeper position group that they have to bolster. You know, what's the timeline for Zach Ertz returning? So, yeah, I get that, you know. But, Wolf, once again, I mean, you know, you can talk about the whole glorified blocking tight end slash H-back. I mean, Luke, you realize the Houston Texans are mad they didn't get Bryce Young, and Wolf is mad because only two fullbacks have been selected in the last four drafts. Hey, Paul, okay? That's just the reality of it. It doesn't matter. You can go out and get a, you know, a callous fullback. You can go get them. You don't have to draft them, Paul. They're out there, though. And half the teams in the league have a fullback, by the way. Boy, this devolved quickly. Uh, Polly here, I got to ask you this before we let you go. As far as DeAndre Hopkins, we were just having the conversation before of it sure feels like if he's getting dealt, it would make sense for it to happen at some point today, tonight, or maybe tomorrow. Are you getting that sense as well? Totally agree. I don't have any inside knowledge. It makes absolute sense. There have been enough reports that it's somewhat imminent, at least you know, sometime tonight you would think. Maybe, just maybe tomorrow, if there's a team with designs on getting one of the few wide receivers in round one of this draft and it doesn't fall their way and they don't get their guy, maybe they go ahead and and pull the trigger on a D-hop trade come tonight or tomorrow morning because you're figuring there's, you know, he's at the very best, you're going to get a day two pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And by the way, I said to this last night in the Big Red Rage, and I'll say it again, Luke, the Steelers are picking number 32 overall. You know why? Because they got a round two pick from the Bears for Chase Claypool. So I know there are <laughs> other factors with D-Hop, like his contract, right. right, and and the fact that he can be high maintenance. I get all that, but if you're KC and you're Buffalo and your time is now, if you're in the New York Giants and you want to take that next step and you're, you know, you got a lot of nothing in your receiver room, you can't tell me that DeAndre Hopkins isn't worth at least a third-round pick when this is a very thin draft and there's nothing left in free agency. No, I'm with you on that, Paulie. Uh, listen, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I know that you're working. You're going to be working tonight, correct? 
I will be up on stage tonight, uh, and so I'm bringing the muscle. I got Kyle Vandenbosch out there, uh, you know, and then, and then Jay Feely. So, uh, you know, wow. I might have to get in the squat rack before that. And, you know, what I did with Kyle Vandenbosch, Wolf, I, I hold, you know, at the ready with you as well. You know, you guys start to pop off, and I have your scouting reports when you're coming out of college. <laughs> I'll just start reading all the negatives. Don't make me do it. Don't make me read all the negatives on your scouting report once upon a time. Okay, Paulie. Thanks, Thank Polly. you, brother. Appreciate you, so, man. All right, guys. That's Paul Calvisi joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Um, I'll let you tell him that you were drafted ahead of Herschel Walker, and you just found that out today. Yeah, yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to brag about that. Yeah, you I'm will. Not going. You definitely are going to. Talking to. <laughs> By the way, what he just said, Chicago got rid of the 32nd pick in this draft for Chase Claypool. That, yeah. that really did happen. That ended up being the first yeah. pick of the second round of a draft where there's not even 32 first-round picks. Yes. Yeah. All right. Chicago and draft day trades, or draft trades, I should say. Score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting next Wednesday during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. When we come back... Is Devin Booker playing the best basketball of his career? Sure feels like it, and people are taking notice. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Well, we're going to get into the... Uh, games from last night a little bit later on in the show but I am just going to say this one name Wolf because he passed Devin Booker in points per game in the playoffs Jimmy Butler's up to 37.6 Devin Booker obviously at 37.2 Wow! those two have clearly been wow. the, uh, the the players of this uh, tournament so far I think for the most part right now if you had to pick one right you're going to go with Jimmy Butler and what Jimmy Butler has done and not just because he's actually averaging more points per game but it's who they beat and how he was the tip of the spear in beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Man, their numbers are so it's even. Stunning. And I know it's only 5 games but it's 5 playoff games. Points 37.6 to 37.2 for Butler. Field goals made per game, 14.2. Each of them have that exact number. Wow. Field goal percentage, Butler 59.7, Booker 60.2. Threes, uh, Butler 2.4, Booker 2.8 made per game. Like, it is. Wow. Those guys are are putting on a show so far, and they're both going to be doing it in the second round. For Devin Booker in particular, we have seen him play great basketball before. Look, the guy was was the, the, the leader on a team that went to the NBA Finals two years ago. So just getting out of the first round against the depleted Clippers team isn't going to, you know, raise any any flags of like, hey, this guy's having the best basketball he's playing the best basketball of his career. But if you're watching these games, he's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Here's Tim Legler from yesterday. Devin Booker's been putting up numbers in his league for a long time. I've never seen him like this. He's almost in a manic scoring state of mind. I get, and, and to back up what I said, I got a great number this morning, great stat that I was given. Uh, 53 times in the history of the NBA playoffs, any individual player has had a four-game stretch where they averaged 40 points a game in the playoffs. It's only happened 53 times ever. No one's ever done it while shooting 62%. That's what Devin Booker, that's what you're watching right now. And I think the reason it's easy for him and it looks easy for him, there's never been this gravitational force on the court with him on the other side of the floor. So Durant does his action. He That's always going to involve two guys. There's always a third guy ready to rotate on him. So now when that ball comes out of there and he gets swung to the other side of the floor, Devin Booker's catching the ball with so much space. 
And that, that's just deadly for a guy like that. Yeah, and there it is. There it is, right there. You know, and I, I don't know what's the bigger issue, the, the KD effect that he alluded to or, or just the fact that Devin Booker right now is playing his best basketball of his career. This is what it looks like when it all comes together for a team. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the title, but if they win the title, we're going to look back and be like, you know, why why were people worried? <laughs> I mean, Devin Booker is playing, like, he looks hungry. That's how he looks when he's playing, because we talked to Kellen Olsen about this yesterday. Booker had a 47-point game to knock out the Lakers two years ago, and it was impressive. 47-point games usually are impressive, but this one looked different. This one looked like, uh, I'm just going to keep going until we win. Like, just this relentless. For Devin Booker, who's always been relentless, it seems like he's hitting another gear in the relentless category, too, of I'm just going to keep playing and scoring until we've won the game. However long that takes, whatever it takes. If it takes 28 points, that's fine. But if it takes 58, it seems like he's just going to keep going until that. And the other thing Tim Legler said in there, too, if you just look at the last four games, if you throw out that that game one where he only scored twenty six only, yeah, his point totals are thirty eight, forty five, thirty, and forty seven. Yeah, four wins. And you know what's amazing about it too? He, he only got stronger. Yeah, he got stronger and more determined. You could see it. I, I think a lot of it too. To Legler's point as well in the second half of what he said right there, I think a lot of it too is now he's starting to see a certain expectation of what he's going to get. Because of Kevin Durant on the floor with him. That's, and, that's uh, the part that's of this. The confidence that I think we're seeing right now. And look, you know, once again, we all know Book. Book is a very confident individual to begin with. But to actually see it and and feel the effect of Kevin Durant being on the floor with you together. It's just this, it's got to fill him with this certainty and an expectation and I think you're seeing a whole new confidence level with Devin Booker. Yeah, a whole new level. Well, the the component where Kevin Durant's drawing coverage away from Devin Booker, that's not going to change. How is the team going to change yeah. that? Like the, the, I, I'm not trying to write off Denver, and we're going to have a good conversation about Denver here in a little bit because they might be the toughest team left now for the Suns with Milwaukee going out. You can make that argument. But this thought of like, well, you know, Denver, they'll just put Aaron Gordon on Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that was the solution to stop Kevin Durant. And yeah. by the way, if that's been the KD stopper that nobody's known about until today, who are they putting on Devin Booker? You know, and that's that's it. Like, why? What is there to indicate that Booker's going to trail off at any point in these playoffs now, other than the minutes, other than he's playing a lot of minutes? But they're getting half this week off now because they closed out that series early. Luke, to your point right now, I think it's one of the best developments that has happened here is the fact that, yes, the Suns went out and they beat the Clippers in five. It was a very competitive five. There's no denying that. But they beat the Clippers in five. And now the smoke is starting to settle on what we saw. And I honestly believe that Devin Booker is going to become um, the beast that the NBA has been looking at and hoping for. And could it be possible that Devin Booker might suddenly take on this whole new profile and this whole new uh, this whole new level of being a superstar? Is that possible? Yes, it's very possible. Where suddenly people are looking at Devin Booker and and saying, you know, he's in the top five in the NBA. Top five players in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he was top five MVP candidate, what, was that last year? 
Um, right, but, but I think most different. people right now to say who's the top five, I yeah. don't know. No, I they, think they he's weren't changing that. He has an opportunity to change that. The other thing too with the minutes, and, and this is what we were kind of talking about going into Game Five and how important it was to win that. Yeah, Devin Booker's playing probably too many minutes per game, um, but if you just go total minutes, which is ultimately what's going to matter, right? He's played 216. Just to, for context, Steph Curry's played 200. Steph's got another game in the first round at least, maybe two. So when all is said and done in the first round, there's going to be a lot of big players that have played a lot more minutes than Devin Booker. Even if the, even if the Warriors close out Sacramento in game six, you figure, what, Steph's going to play like 38, 40? So he's going to have played 20, 24 more minutes than Booker anyway. And I'm not saying each little minute matters that much. I'm just saying the narrative right now, the only real knock on, on what Devin Booker's doing and, and his ability to sustain it is that he's playing too many minutes per game. But yeah. by winning that series in five... He's playing less games. Yeah, here's here's the best thing too. Um, as a former player, I'm going to continue to think of the player and Devin Booker right now. And I know everyone thinks he he's a completed product. He's not. He's still developing, just like everybody else. You always are evolving. You're evolving your game, even when you get older, base and audience. That's what you're doing. You still are evolving your game. Once you're done evolving and moving and going forward, you're done. Period. I think Devin Booker still is evolving his game. And because of that, I think when he sees the kind of success he's had in this series in particular and knows in an elimination game that he can actually be the guy that slams the door as he's laying in bed at night, 2.30 in the morning, and the shadows are creeping across his ceiling, he knows what he's capable of doing. He knows how good he is, and yet he's never going to let that drag him down. That's the best thing about Book. 2.30 in the morning is usually when you wake up and think you missed the NFL draft, right? No, that's four. That's four, okay. All right, we come back. Speaking of the NFL draft, how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, and who is the most likely to get drafted at number three, where the Cardinals currently hold that pick? We'll go through some NFL draft prop bets next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.